Well, take your Bibles and turn with me, please, to Isaiah chapter 51. Isaiah chapter 51. The Christian life is a wonderful life. Can I have an amen in the house of God? The moment you trust Jesus, you get blessed. Your sins are all forgiven. Your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. The Holy Spirit comes to live inside of you, and God makes you a member of His forever family. But something else happens The minute you get saved, you enter hand-to-hand combat with the devil. Not as many amens on that, right? I'm very grateful for a young man that I hope to meet soon. We're trying to get Phil Wickham to come to Bellevue. You pray for that, would you please? He's an amazing Christian singer and songwriter, and we sing his songs all the time here at Bellevue. He's from California. And one of the songs that he sings is about spiritual warfare, and it's called Battle Belongs, which is short for the battle belongs to the Lord. Listen to these lyrics. When all I see is the battle, you see the victory. When all I see is the mountain, you see a mountain moved. And as I walk through the shadow, your love surrounds me. There's nothing to fear now for I am safe with you. So when I fight, I fight on my knees with my hands lifted high. Oh God, the battle belongs to you. And every fear I lay at your feet, I'll sing through the night. Oh God, the battle belongs to you. Aren't you glad that God is a God who fights our battles? He is fighting for his people And you are in a spiritual battle, whether you like it or not. But Christian, here's the title of the message. The Lord fights for you. The Lord fights for you. Look at Isaiah 51. The first thing we see is this. Christian, the Lord fights for you by comforting you. By comforting you. The word comfort means with strength. C-O-M is with, and fort is strength. God strengthens you. He comforts you. Look at verse 1. Listen to me, you who pursue righteousness, who seek the Lord. Look at the rock from which you have been hewn, and to the quarry from which you were dug. In this text, the Lord is speaking to his sinful people, Judah. But they have returned to him. And he's commanding me, now that you have been disciplined, listen to me. Sound like anybody you know, sounds like my parents. They'd spank me. They said, now, are you listening? Yes, I'm listening. I'm listening. They'd had a hard time listening to God. God said, pursue righteousness. Seek the Lord. He was faithfully calling these rebels back to himself. Look at verse 2. Look to Abraham, your father, and to Sarah, who gave birth to you in pain. When he was but one, I called him. Then I blessed him and multiplied him. Every Jewish person came from Abraham. God told his people, get back to your spiritual roots. And I'm telling you today, God wants you to get back to your spiritual roots. Bible reading, praying, fasting, worshiping, thanking God. Don't be so impressed with a bunch of stuff. Be impressed with the Lord. Travel light through this world. Don't 
Try to hold on to the things of this world. Hold on to God. Emphasize that which is spiritual. That's what he's saying. Look to Abraham, your father, to Sarah who gave birth to you in pain. When he was only one, I called him. I called him. And I blessed him and multiplied him. Just as the Lord had faithfully blessed Abraham and Sarah, even though they sinned, God says, I'm going to bless the people in Isaiah's day as well. Look at verse 3. Indeed, the Lord will comfort Zion. He will comfort all her waste places and her wilderness. He will make like Eden, that's the Garden of Eden, and her desert like the Garden of the Lord. Joy and gladness will be found in her, thanksgiving and sound of a melody. The Lord was saying, I'm not finished with you, my people. He said, I'm going to comfort you, even your waste places, your most sinful, wicked places. I'm going to make them like the Garden of Eden. I'm going to give you beautiful gardens instead of these deserts out here. I'm to give you melodies of joy and gladness and thanksgiving. These are comforting words because God's people were worn out. They'd been in exile for decades, and they wondered, will the Lord ever be good to us again? I wonder if I'm speaking to someone who needs comforting today. I'm wondering if you say, Pastor, I've been trying to follow the Lord. I've been trying to be faithful my family and I come to church, we tithe, we try to read our Bibles, but we live in a broken world, friend. I want to tell you something. Let me tell you something. You can do everything right and still have really bad things happen to you. Did you know that? You can do everything right. You can read your Bible. You can check every discipline there is. You can fast, you can pray, and still, we live in a broken, sinful, rebellious, messed up world that is not going to be repaired until Jesus comes back. So what do we do? We repent and we return. We look to the rock from which we were cut out or hewn, and to the quarry from which we were dug. We pursue righteousness. We seek the Lord. Broken Christian, listen to me. God is speaking to you today. He will help you. He will heal your wounded soul. He will bless you. He will multiply you. He will comfort you. He'll get you out of your wilderness. And if not, he'll meet you in your wilderness and walk through that desert side by side until you hit the garden of the Lord. Oh, praise his name. He's fighting for us today, Christians by comforting us. Secondly, Christian, the Lord fights for you by protecting you. By protecting you. Look at verses 4 through 8. God told His discouraged people that He was about to intervene on their behalf. Look at verse 4. Pay attention to me. Has God ever said that to you? Says that to me a lot. Hey, Steve, pay attention. Pay attention. Pay attention to me. Oh, my people, give ear to me. Oh, my nation, for a law will go forth from me, and I will set my justice for a light to the peoples. God said, I'm a just God. I am a righteous God. The judge of all the earth will do right. I will protect 
my family, my people. I'll protect them because I am righteous and because I am forgiving. He would save them, he said in verse 5, with his strong arm. He said, my righteousness is near. My salvation has gone forth. My arms will judge the peoples, that is the people that are bothering you and harassing you. The coastlands will wait for me and for my arm, they will wait expectantly. I'm waiting for God to move. What about you? I'm not worried about what man is going to do. I'm waiting for what God is going to do. The Lord said then, the earth is going to wear out, but I won't because I am eternal. This world is not our home. Look at verse 6. Lift up your eyes to the sky. Then look to the earth beneath, for the sky will vanish like smoke, and the earth will wear out like a garment, and its inhabitants will die in like manner, but my salvation will be forever, and righteousness will not wane. Things wear out on this earth. You buy a car, and as soon as you drive it off the lot, one second later, it's a used car. It was new when it was in the parking lot, but that's what you get for driving it out of the parking lot. It just went down in value $5,000. Don't you feel blessed? God says, I won't wear out. My salvation will be forever. <clears throat> My righteousness will not wear out. It will not wane. Then God said, I'm going to protect you. Don't you fear any man. Don't you fear any man. Verse 7, listen to me, you who know righteousness. A people in whose heart is my law. Don't you fear the reproach of man. Don't you be dismayed at their revilings. For the moth will eat them like a garment. And the grub will eat them like wool. Now that's really gross, is it not? That's what happens when you die. You say, well, that's not going to happen to me. I'm going to be this, I'm going to be that. I got news for you. the worms are coming. <laughs> if you're being blessed, say amen. You say, I don't know, Brother Steve, about that. The moth will cut, eat them like a garment. The grub will eat them like wool. But my righteousness will be forever my salvation to all generations. I'm going to protect you. I'm going to protect you. And Christian, our God of great glory will protect us. Now we're going to sin, we're going to suffer in this sinful world. God's not going to keep you from pain. He's just not. Christians go through tough times. I know people just this week who have gone through as tough a time as it gets on this earth. Bible says that. Just because you're righteous doesn't mean you're not going to serve. We live in a broken, fallen world. The Bible says in Psalm 34, many are the afflictions of the righteous. Say that with me. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them, him out of them all. Paul said in Acts 14, through many tribulations, we must enter the kingdom of God. You've got to go through a lot 
before you get to heaven. Paul said to Timothy, Indeed, all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. This world has never been a friend of Jesus, and it never will be until he comes back and sets up his kingdom. The Lord will deliver you from every child, trial and tribulation, and he will protect you. He fights for you by protecting you. Thirdly, Christian, the Lord fights for you by restoring you. Restoring you. Look at verse 9. Awake, awake. Put on strength, O arm of the Lord. Awake as in the days of old, the generation of long ago. Was it not you who cut Rahab in pieces, who pierced the dragon? God told his struggling people to strengthen themselves. They needed to wake up. They needed to wake up spiritually like their ancestors did before them. Their forefathers had cut Rahab in pieces and pierced the dragon. Now what in the world is that talking about? What's Rahab? What's the dragon? Some liberal theologians say, well, they, they were just... Uh, fanciful. These Old Testament people had these ideas that there were dragons and there were all these things out there. And they thought that they, these monsters could breathe out brimstone like in the old movies that we saw when we were kids. Liberals say that all of this was just a mixed up Isaiah who believed a bunch of nonsense. That's what the liberals say. But you know what it really is? When he talks about this Rahab and this dragon, he's talking about actually spiritual dragons. He's talking about the devil and his demons. And he said, you have victory over the devil and his demons, even his dragons. Revelation 12, look at, verse, look at it on the screen there, verses 3 and 4. Behold, a great red dragon. Who is that? That's the devil. Having seven heads, ten horns on his head were seven diadems on his tail, he swept away a third of the stars, that is the demons and of heaven, and threw them to the ground. One third of the angels follow Satan. That's the bad news. The good news is we've got two to one all day long. Amen? There are two good ones for every bad one. Praise the Lord for that. And besides all that, there's Jesus that takes control over everything. Having seven heads, ten horns, and on his head were seven diadems. His tail swept away a third of the stars of heaven and threw them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman, that's the church, who was about to give birth, so that when she gave birth, he might devour her child. That child is Jesus. And guess what? He did not devour Jesus. We go on and read in Revelation 12, verse 7, there was war in heaven. Michael, that's the archangel, and his angels waging war with the dragon, that's the devil, and the dragon and his angels, the devil and his demons waged war, and they were not strong enough. Praise the living God. If you follow the devil, you are following a loser. They're not strong enough. And there was no longer a place found for them in heaven. And the great dragon was thrown down. The serpent of old who's called the devil and Satan who deceives the whole world. He was thrown down to the earth. His angels were thrown down with him. Then I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, Now 
the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ have come. For the accuser of the brethren has been thrown down, he who accuses them before our God day and night. Let me just stop here and ask you something. Do you ever feel beat up on the inside? You know who's doing the beating? The devil. That's not God. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. You ever have these thoughts? You're not good enough. No matter how hard you try, you'll never make it as a Christian. Doesn't how, matter how much you read that Bible, you'll never understand it. Doesn't matter how many times you go to church, you're not going to live for Christ. You're going to fail sooner or later. All that kind of talk. Let me tell you something. Did you know that that is happening to almost every Christian in the world? Even the ones that you think are your heroes? I'm telling you all day long, the devil is coming against us. But hear me, hear me. It's all a lie because the devil is a liar and the father thereof. And the Bible says that he is going down. We have victory over the dragon. Let's give God praise for that right now. Amen. Verse 10, was it not you who dried up the sea, the waters and the great deep, he's talking to God, who made the depths of the sea a pathway for the redeemed to cross over? Then Isaiah spoke a famous phrase of restoration. Oh, you need to know verse 11. It's, it appears several times in the Old Testament. So the ransomed or the redeemed of the Lord will return and come with joyful shouting to Zion and everlasting joy will be on their heads. They will obtain gladness and joy. Sorrow and sighing will flee away. Now I memorized this when I was a teenage boy in UT Martin and we had a little song, and I'm going to sing it to you. Therefore the redeemed of the Lord shall return and come with singing unto Zion, and everlasting joy shall be upon their heads. And you sing it two or three times, but then you cut into the chorus. They shall retain or obtain, however you want to say it, gladness and joy and sorrow and sighing will flee away. Therefore the redeemed of the Lord shall return and come with singing unto Zion and everlasting joy shall be upon their head. Amen. Amen. <laughs> I've been waiting all week to sing that and I didn't even tell Mark Blair that I was going to, nor did I ask for his permission. All right, good deal. The Lord said, I'm going to restore you. Boy, David messed up, didn't he? He committed adultery with a beautiful woman and then had her husband killed. That's about as bad as it gets. But you know what he prayed for? God, would you restore me? I memorized these verses when I was 25 years old. Psalm 51. Let's read it together. It's such a beautiful prayer. You ought to pray this most every day. Let's just, just pray it with the Lord right now. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence, and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Next verse, please. 
Restore to me the joy of your salvation and sustain me with a willing spirit. Then I will teach transgressors your ways and sinners will be converted unto you. I wonder if anybody feels like that today. You say, Brother Steve, I feel dirty today. I have unconfessed it in my life. My spirit needs to be renewed by the Lord. I've lost the sense of His presence. Oh, ask God to restore to you the joy of His salvation and sustain you with a willing spirit. He will restore you. The Bible says, this is one of my favorite verses about restoration. Joel chapter 2, verse 25. When I first preached here back in 1996, August the 3rd, I preached out of this text, out of Joel chapter 2, restoring, God restoring His people. God said, I will restore to you the years that the locusts have eaten. Did you know that if you have lived a long, sinful life, God can restore all the mess that you did during all those years? Amen. Let's give God praise for that. Amen. Amen. God doesn't need, doesn't need a 50 years to do something right. God can do more in five minutes than you can do in 50 years. And if you've messed up all your life, the Lord can restore everything that the locusts have eaten in your life. Amen. I'm glad somebody else is getting happy besides me. I'm having fun. God said, I'm going to fight for you because I'm going to restore you. Number four, Christian, the Lord fights for you by liberating you. Look at verse 12. In these verses, we see the tender heart of the Lord. Some of the most comforting verses, not only in Isaiah, but in the whole Bible. Look at verse 12. I, even I, am he who comforts you. Let's say that out loud. I, even I, am he who comforts you. The Lord established himself as the source of all genuine, true comfort. Once he proclaimed himself as his people's Comforter, he reminded them that they don't have to fear anything or anyone. Look at verse 12, it goes on. Why are you afraid of man who dies? Look at me. Don't you ever fear another human being. Save all of your fear and your reverence for God. You don't, you don't fear anybody. Well, what if they try to kill me? So what? You get to go to heaven. Praise God. Don't fear any man. Don't fear any man that dies, the son of man who's made like grass. That's a real compliment, isn't it? Prettiest one in here. You know what you are? You're grass. You're fading. You can take care of it all you want to, but it's going to dry up sooner or later. You say, Brother Steve, this is blessing me so much. Just keep on. Just keep on pouring all that blessing on me. Amen. This body's going to wear out, but our spirits aren't. Amen? Amen. Made like grass. He said, who are you that you're afraid of man who dies and the son of man who's made like grass that you have forgotten the Lord your maker? When you fear man, you forget God. When you fear man, you forget God. That's a bad thing. Who stretched out the heavens, God did. Laid the foundation of the earth that you fear continually all day long because of the fury of the oppressor as he makes ready to destroy. But where is the fury of the oppressor? 
The devil lies to us all day long. Something bad's going to happen. That foreboding spirit, something bad's going to happen. Sometimes bad things do happen, but I want to tell you something. God is a lot better to us than we give him credit for. We ought to praise him. To fear any man is to dishonor God. All human beings are going to die. Why fear them? Then God gave a precious promise to these Israelites. Look at verse 14. The exile. Now, they're prisoners in Babylon. The exile will soon be set free. If I was in jail and somebody said that to me, I would do my best to do a backflip. It'd be ugly, but I'd try. The exile, the prisoner will soon be set free, will not die in the dungeon, nor will his bread be lacking. For I am the Lord your God who stirs up the sea and its waves roar. The Lord of hosts is his name. God says, help is on the way. Right now, I'm on my way. Right now, I'm ready to liberate you. Look at verse 16. I have put my words in your mouth. I've covered you with the shadow of my hand to establish the heavens, to found the earth, and to say to Zion, you are my people. Wake up! It's time to wake up! You've suffered long enough. Don't keep living in sin. Rise up. Turn from your sinful past. Look at verse 17. Rouse yourself. Rouse yourself. That is, wake up! Quit being asleep, spiritual. Arise, O Jerusalem, you who have drunk from the Lord's hand the cup of His anger, the chalice of His reeling, you have drained to the dregs. There is none to guide her among all the sons she has borne, nor is there one to take her by the hand among all the sons she has reared. These two things have befallen you. You will, who will mourn for you? The devastation and destruction famine and sword. How shall I comfort you? Your sons have fainted. They lie helpless at the head of every street like an antelope in a net, full of the wrath of the Lord, the rebuke of your God. You're in a pitiful shape, but I want to tell you, God says, I'm about to pull you out of that. Exiles, people in chains, whatever chains you're in today, whatever chains are binding you today in your heart, God says, you will soon be set free. You won't die in the dungeon. Your bread won't be lacking. You'll soon be free. You're not going to die. I'm going to provide for you. All is well. Forget the past. I am he who comforts you. I'm the one who fights for you. I will comfort you. Aren't you glad that God comforts us today? I tell you what, let's thank him right now. Let's just praise him. Amen. You're not, hey, when you do that, you're not clapping for a preacher. We're clapping for God. Amen. We're praising Him. Don't you love it when the Lord eases your burden? Don't you love it when He corrals your anxious thoughts and says to you, peace be still? I'm telling you, I was, we were praying over it. We pray over every seat every Sunday morning at 7 o'clock. If you're sitting down right now, your seat has been touched. It has been prayed over. And after I prayed over my section down here, I went up in the balcony. And as I got up there, I was listening to this song. And I started crying and I started weeping. I had to sit down right over there on the front row and just praise God. I'm not trying to sound spiritual. I'm just trying to tell, well, you know what? Let me take that back. I am trying to sound spiritual. 
I'm, I'm, sick of, I'm sick of apologizing for being spiritual, amen? What do you want me to be? Simple? No, man, I want to be spiritual, don't you? I'm not better than you, but I'm blessed. I'm blessed. If it weren't for the Lord Jesus, we'd all go nuts. That's in the Bible somewhere. But the longer you love him, the more you realize he loves you way more than you love him. The only consistent source of sanity and satisfaction and sanctification is Jesus Christ. He is the only one that can give you perfect comfort of your mind. He will cool your jets. <laughs> he will ease your edginess. He will demolish the tsunami of those harassing, foreboding thoughts. All the what-ifs turn into what-is when you trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. He's saying to you right now, I, even I, am the one. Now, you just listen to God right now. God's saying to you right now, I, even I, am he who comforts you. You're an exile, but you will soon be set free. You will not die in the prison or the dungeon. Your bread will not be lacking. I am the Lord your God. I put my words in your mouth. I've covered you with the shadow of my hand. You are my people. Take that, devil. Take that, devil. Take that, demons. What Satan says to you is a lie, but what God says to you is the truth. You are free. You're free to serve the Lord Jesus. You're free to trust in Him. You're tree, free to call on Him anytime, anywhere, for any reason. You're free to rest in the Lord. You're free to follow Jesus. You're free from guilt. You're free from shame. You're free from condemnation. You're free from fear. God has liberated you, and you don't have to wear any shackles anymore. You've been set free. Give Him praise and worship. Amen. Amen. I'm getting happy and my sinuses are opening up too. Amen. Praise God. He fights for us by liberating us. And then finally, Christian, the Lord fights for you by forgiving you. How many of you are glad that you're forgiven? Anybody else there besides me? Amen. Look at verse 21. Therefore, please hear this, you afflicted who are drunk but not with wine. Thus says the Lord, the Lord, even your God, who contends for his people. God's fighting for you, friend. Behold, I've taken out of your hand the cup of reeling. Somebody needs to hear that right now. Let's just stop. Look at me. What he's saying is some of you have been drinking the cup of my wrath. I'm taking that cup out of your hand right now. No more wrath. No more reeling. God says, I'm through disciplining you. Now listen to me. Listen to me. Behold, I have taken out of your hand the cup of reeling, the chalice of my anger. Now listen to this, promise. You will never drink it again. Amen. The cup of reeling, the chalice of anger. I got news for if you sin, God 
will spank you. God doesn't know about time out. But God knows about spiritual discipline. And when his children sin, he spanks us and it hurts. But when he gets through, he said, okay, we're done with that now. Learn the lesson. And then he says, I'm going to take care of the people that have been bothering you. Look at verse 23. I will put it, I'm going to put that chalice of anger in the hand of your tormentors who have said to you, lie down that we may walk over you. You've even made your back like the ground, like the street for those who walk over it. Some of you have been so beaten up, you've just laid down and let all the sinners walk on you. You didn't even have the strength or the courage to fight back. But God says, I have restored you. I have forgiven you. All that's gone now. Get up. Get up off your face and let's walk together all the way to heaven. Sinful Christian, I have good news. If you've repented, God has forgiven you. And he doesn't just once in a while take you out and slap you around. God's not like that. You're his blessed child. He's not going to beat up on you. He loves you. The same father who took you to the woodshed has taken you now to the cross. And he's forgiven all your sins by the blood of Jesus. And by Jesus' stripes, he declares to you today that you are no longer in prison. You are set free. You are no longer one to be punished. You are one to be restored and blessed and forgiven. If you go back to that song, it says, And if you are for me, this is Phil Wickham if you're wondering what I'm talking about, who can be against me? For Jesus, there's nothing impossible for you. When all I see are the ashes, you see the beauty. Thank you, God. When all I see is a cross, you see the empty tomb. So when I fight, I'll fight on my knees with my hands lifted high. Oh, God, the battle belongs to you. And every fear I lay at your feet, I'll sing through the night. Oh, God, the battle belongs to you. Look at me. This world is an evil, wicked, tough place to live. This world is not your home, Christian. It is a sinful, wicked world. Quit trying to prosper in this world. Stop that. That's not your goal. Your goal is not to get as much of this world as you can get before you get to heaven. Your goal is to get as much of Jesus as you can get before you go see him, all right? Quit trying to prosper in this world. Quit trying to make it in this world. Quit trying to make a name for yourself in this world. Put all that aside and say, the only name I care about is lifting high the precious name of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
And when you do that, God's going to fight for you every day. How's he going to fight for me, preacher? He's going to comfort you. He's going to protect you. He's going to restore you. He's going to liberate you. He's going to forgive you and praise the God. He's, praise God. He has already won the battle, and the battle belongs to the Lord. Say it with me. The battle belongs to the Lord. Let's give him praise today and give him glory. Amen.